This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris I don't know if you heard this term floating around, quiet quitting, it's called. Anybody ever hear of that? You know what I'm talking about when I say quiet quitting? Kind of a hot new topic in certain circles. If you're on LinkedIn, maybe you've seen it talked about. I think there's some recruiters and whatnot that are talking about this idea of quiet quitting. And it's one of those things that if you never really learned and understood the definition, I guess you wouldn't know. You might draw some natural conclusions about the whole thing but at the end of the day if you don't look into it i guess you don't really know what you're if you're talking apples to apples probably not in most cases and this idea of quiet quitting it's got actually a few different uh definitions as well as a few different justifications lots of excuses why you might want to quietly quit but essentially uh with all those differences, not all those differences, but with those differences, it still means the basic thing of throttling back on effort at work in some way or fashion. In every sense of the topic, it means to purposely do less at work without saying a word to your employer. To purposely do less than you were doing without saying a word to your employer. Like to make, I think, you know, I don't think it's specifically, you know, there's no official definition, but it's basically to do that permanently, to like lower your your commitment to work. Maybe I should say lower your standards. Expect less of yourself. How would you put it? In every sense, it means to purposely do less at work without saying a word to your employer. Nobody wants to say it like that because it sounds like a ridiculous idea. Hey, hey, are you dissatisfied at work? I got something you might want to consider. It's never put out this way. It's always, have you heard about quiet quitting? Have you considered quiet quitting? Have you considered basically telling your boss to go pound sand without having to say a word? What's not to love? It's a ridiculous idea. Try to find one motivational speaker that supports quiet quitting. Say, well, we're not going to get that. No, you're not going to get that. How about one Fortune 500 CEO or operations manager, uh, any top sports coach, high school, college, pro, is there any top coaches out there that suggest quiet quitting? Any football coaches right now counseling their players on, on how to quietly quit later in their careers? Come here, son. You're doing well on the field. At some point, you're going to find yourself out in the job market. And I want to just share with you a little term that you're going to want to become familiar with. Probably not what you think. We call it quiet quitting. Find one manager, one foreman, one team leader that recommends quiet quitting. And you won't. You won't see it because it's a losing idea created by grifters and bottom feeders. If these are the people that you want to lower your standards to, then so be it. Guess what else I found about this little topic? Sinister, really. One of these eye-opening little observations. Now, this is going to sound to you like a conspiracy theory. Obama was out the other day talking about those conspiracy theories. 
Say what? Uh, yeah, Nancy uh, uh, Paul Pelosi's attacker <laughs> wasn't quite the attacker. <laughs> Boy, have they they've worked hard. They raced to clean this up. Really amazing, right? Completely amazing. But you won't find anybody suggest this idea of of quiet quitting. I dug into it. And it's going to sound very conspiracy theory esque, like Obama said. But it's not a concern. I wasn't looking for any conspiracy theories. I wasn't doing any investigation. You know what I was doing? You know, I stumbled on this. Here's how. Reading, because I read a lot. All right? And different things catch my eye. It's not always just news and politics. And so this this topic of quiet quitting kept coming up. People talking about it. But you know what I found? That there seems to be some promoting or jumping on the bandwagon. I don't know maybe initiating this whole idea by a a group that supports uh, international labor unions, we should say, organized labor. And it's to those of you that are in organized labor or know somebody that's in organized labor that I want to talk to right now. You know, when, when you're working in a, in a union environment, uh, particularly in some uh, places, it's like it's some of the same challenges as the military. In the military, you see people get promoted simply because they stuck around long enough. There's nobody else. There's nobody else to be sergeant than this schmuck I got I to gotta report to. And it's difficult. Drives people out of the military, no doubt. Inept leadership. Bad bosses. Bad manager. It's a fact. And when you're in an environment where, say, you, you're in a union where you got a pension, these are careers. You know, non-union people, they want to put this out differently, and there's certainly two sides of it, no doubt. But let's just stick with the labor side a second. Let's just go with the hard-working union members that say, hey, I'm a hard-working professional. I want to be compensated. I don't want to be uh, ground down to dust by the time I'm retirement. And there's a lot of good people working in good unions. That's a fact. Right? I'm not Mr. Union Champion over here, but I'm not anti-union. I do respect people's right to organize. But I'm going to tell you something loud and clear right now. You do not build up a strong union through tactics like quiet quitting. You want to know the best way for union labor to expand its influence, to create higher wages and better working conditions. Do you know what the best way for organized labor to do that? Provide the best labor by far to create value, whether it's for taxpayers and government worker unions or steel workers or whatever the case might be, steam fitters. You want, you want a, a better union, manage it well, get good leadership, get good training, and make sure that the ranks are stuffed with the very best people available. That's how you build a strong union. Not this idea, this losing idea for bottom view. Say, you know what, here's what we're going to do to argue for. Here's, this is what the, 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 this, this, uh, the, the people behind this idea of quiet quitting, that some of them uh, with, with ties to organized labor, whatever that means, that they're going to say to you, hey, hey, we, we want to negotiate something better for you, and we feel that 
we'd be in a better position to do that if you wouldn't work so hard. Does that make any sense to you? In the words of Obama, what? As he said that to the crowd, and the crowd went wild like a bunch of sea otters. <laughs> yeah, Obama spoke. He was angry. He was sweating under his arms. I can't believe they didn't edit that out. He's lost his mojo big time. And I'll tell you what the real problem is. The money's drying up. They got nothing. The Democrat Party has nothing. He was, he was up there, um, I want to say Wisconsin or something like that. And I forget who the Republican challenger is. And, and Captain Snake Oil Salesman's up there. Well, he voted for a tax cut at the risk of your Social Security. He wants to take away your Social Security while giving tax cut to the rich. This buffoon is able to convince a bunch of idiots that they should somehow pay higher taxes as a way to get back at rich people. They make no sense. What did the, the Trump tax cuts, the Republican tax cuts, have to do with Social Security? Well, because they're gonna they're gonna put a stop to it. Why don't you ask the people what they want to do? You know, it's interesting. Uh, I interviewed the author of uh, Rediscovering Republicanism, John Nance. And he thinks that's going to be the next great revolution is when young people wake up and they're not going to keep paying into this. These huge contributions, we're going to get nothing out of it. It's nothing now. What's, you know, what's a retiree that's been on Social Security for 10 years? What are they getting in Social Security? Anybody know? What's, where's that with $5 a gallon gasoline and $5 a gallon heating oil and food that's gone through the roof? Who does it affect the most? Them. More or less. It absolutely does. People on fixed incomes. And they're going to go raise your $800 check 10% this year, all the way up to $880. $80. I just sent flowers to a funeral yesterday. It was over $100. It's unreal. How expensive. How are people supposed to live like that? How do you, how do you, how do you, uh, it's just like Obama's argument is as senseless as quiet quitting. Since when, give me one ec- economist with, with bona fide historical support to show that the expansion of government and higher taxes has ever caused economic prosperity anywhere ever. It has not. It does not. Unreal, really. Let me get back to this idea of quiet quitting. There's one simple thing that any employer or manager is looking for. Very simple. You are trying to get things done, whether you're a business owner, small business owner, manager, department head, uh, vice president, operations manager, whatever. All comes down to the same simple thing. You got things to get done. You're looking for people that are able and willing to do it. Sometimes you're contracting it out, subcontracting it hiring a consultant, and sometimes you're relying on your own staff or a combination of both, right? But basically, you're looking for people that are able and willing to get done what you need to get done to get where you need to go. And the ability part, especially at the the bottom half 
of the management structure or staff structure, if you will. The ability part, the ability to do the job, can be taught. In fact, you find many companies that would prefer to take somebody inexperienced and train them in their way of doing things. Many jobs, many careers that rely heavily or almost entirely on on-the-job training uh, as the basis for people being trained. And those are the jobs that people tend to, to hold on to longest, stick around, make careers out of, tend to be better jobs in many ways. And so... You can, you can, the, the, uh, finding people that are able, you can develop that. Not everybody's willing, to, not every employer is willing to do it, but you, you can do that. Fixable, if you will, for somebody that doesn't know how. But the willing part, the willing part, that's the part that you, you can't, and anybody who's been a manager for more than 20 minutes will tell you how long the days can be as a manager if you got to sit there and constantly beg, yell, and argue to get things done with your team. It just doesn't work. You need people that are willing to do it. You want people that are passionate, zealous, tenacious, that, that care. How do you best demonstrate that? Through reliability. In other words, showing up and doing the best you can every day, day in and day out. It's the same for your family. It's the same for any organization you're with. None of these paths, work relationships, work environments, home environments, volunteer environments, not one of them ever is always a good time and always runs smoothly and is always problem free. Never happens, you know. And uh, I'm not uh, suggesting that um, you know you shouldn't make a change at times, right? There's an argument that gets added into this debate, which is that the the problem of dissatisfied employees lies with poor management, lack of leadership, and very true. Very true. And it's just, I think for people like myself coming out of the, the military era, the Marine Corps era that we came out of, and you look at the way a lot of uh, management and, and leadership is handled today, and we just shake our heads. You know, we, we were expected to adapt to the culture. The culture didn't adapt to us. And that's what we did, and it was good. It really was. But I don't doubt that there's a problem with Poor managers, and, and, and including in the military, drives a lot of people out of the military. If you if you look, it's really that direct manager that has the most impact on this job satisfaction of the team. It's not pay, it's not benefits, it's not, not the lighting. It's the idiot that's ordering them around all day. And, you know, the idea is, you know, there's people that are being tired, being taken advantage by poor management. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, you're going to get to a point. And I said that things aren't problem-free at the same time. You say, you know, I've been, I've been here for, uh, you know, six years, and it's just there's never been a good day. Maybe you're going to start asking yourself whether you got to go. And I don't know what that exact time frame like, Right? You could get into a job for, you know, a lot of reasons. You might say, look, these people don't operate on, at the ethical level that I'm, you know, comfortable with. i got to go. Happens. Right? Whatever you want to call it. You know, people get burnt out, used up, abused up, whatever, and you need to make a change, right? It's, it's fine. But quiet quitting is not the solution to that. It's hard to work through difficult issues, hard to have face-to-face -face conversations, hard to go through a new job search or an interview or whatever, switch jobs. Starting a business isn't for everybody, 
not an option for everybody. But you got to really ask yourself, is my reputation and more importantly my dignity worth making a bad situation worse? Work is a virtue, and it's important to your self-confidence. And when you start doing less than your best at anything, really, you're going to find a path to anxiety, depression, regret. It's all the same. It's all the same. Just the opposite. When you look back on difficult times, and you can say, you know what, that was hard. But, you know, I persevered. I kept my head on straight. And I did my best. You know what that does? It creates a self-worth, uh, self-confidence. If you need to make a change, make the change. There's nothing wrong with that. But you owe it to yourself to always do the best you can. People will see it over time, and you'll naturally become uh, more valuable and more liked. So I hope you enjoyed that. I, I just wanted to let you know I can talk about things other than uh you know, news and politics from time to time. I really do find it fascinating, and I find it a little bit important to speak out about it because I've said this before. I'm 51. I'm at the point in my life where I feel like I need to be giving back right, and setting an example and setting the tone to have a say in that, in the culture, really. That's what I'm getting at. I'm saying to you, you know, as a guy who's lived in this country, born here, raised here, lived here, fought for this country, owned businesses, served our country in many ways, that I want to have a say in the culture. I'm not willing to give it up. And part of that is that we work hard. Obama's on my mind. That's not who we are. Well, we ain't lazy. All right? That's not who we are. Very simple. Nobody gains from that. Nobody has any respect for that. Anyway. This is a great article in the Gateway Pundit, New York Lawbreaker, I called it. Let me uh, open this up here. It's very fascinating with Project Veritas. They had been like full steam ahead. Unbelievable. And basically the story is that a judge, uh, state Supreme Court, ordered that unvaccinated police officers be reinstated. Guess what? Chief uh, Get Stuff Done here, Mayor... uh, Mayor Fascist up in New York City. So funny to me. I remember when this guy was running and he was selling his, uh, doing his scorpion dance up there. And uh, there was people that, oh, he's he's like a Republican. Uh, Yeah, he's a real Republican. All right. These unvaccinated officers, despite the state Supreme Court, they're not bringing them back. According to attorney... uh, the judge ruled the commissioner's order mandating private and public employees get vaccinated was arbitrary and capricious. Being vaccinated does not prevent an individual from contracting or transmitting COVID-19, the judge stated. I think that's been pretty well accepted at this point. Meanwhile, Mayor Adams is ignoring the court order. You tell me who's who's pushing the country to civil war. You tell me who's stirring up trouble. They they you know uh, they want to pack. Whenever they don't like the decision, when the ends justify the means, and I've been cautioning on this for a long time. How is this going to get undone? Shall we send in the national guard? Should uh, uh, Mayor Adams be arrested for his uh, 
criminal behavior, causing uh, upsetting people's lives. Police officers where he came from. Why is it? Why is he doing this? Makes no sense. Purely evil. You gonna come out and comment on it? This guy's a kook. You should. State ought to send in the National Guard and take over New York City. It would be the best thing that happened ever. Crack down on crime, end this COVID nonsense, and throw this bum out on his heels where he belongs. What a schmuck. All of them. These uh, uh, New York uh, politicians, they all have to go. They're destroying the country. There's your, your, uh, your civil war right there. March up there into New York, set under militia up there, and yank these Yankee crackpots right out of their seats and send them packing. You can't talk like that. Right? It's insurrectionist talk. But they can sit there and ignore the state Supreme Court, and you're just supposed to sit there and take it. Supposed to sit there and take it. I don't know how much longer people are going to sit there and take it. I don't know. I'm fascinated people continue to take it. I don't understand how the people in New York, well, it's not my fight to fight. It's there. There's plenty of people in New York that they don't support the police officers. Where's the police union? Why aren't they banging their fists up and down about this? Project Veritas, some right-wing extremist underground or criminal reporter, weren't they charged with something at some point or sued or they took the, the diary? Remember Biden's daughter's diary? <laughs> now, you don't think that the FBI and these federal agencies aren't covering up things for the president? You don't think that there's a cover-up there at the Nancy Pelosi residence? This whole thing, oh, no, that early reporting was just a misunderstanding. Nobody's explaining how this guy got, there was no alarm. There's no security. Paul's just, you know, laying there in the bear, fast asleep. I guess he's pretty hurt, which isn't too surprising. Uh, yeah, so I think it's a lot to take a, a, a crack on the head with a hammer and, and not have some serious damage from that. Um, the other thing is, so this guy who's now confessed, yeah, I, I would love to know how that came. We haven't seen this guy, no lawyer, right? All very strange. No lawyer. Go figure that out. Some lawyer would be jumping in on this. No lawyer. Some TV lawyer in a second, right? Well, I don't know their names anymore. But you know one of them would jump in and defend this guy. Nothing. Or anything like that. And here's the other thing. How did he, this guy end up in the hospital? Nobody, why hasn't that been asked? Right? I'm the only one thinking that? That none of this media? Oh, just in, the uh, conspiracy theories debunked. Paul Pelosi was not engaged in an extramarital affair with a man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you tell me how this dude showed up in his bedroom in his underwear and they're fighting over a stick. <laughs> you tell me how you call that, how they call that breaking and entering all of a sudden. So no lawyer for this Dupree dude. We haven't seen Hiram. Some of these confesses and he'll probably be dead in prison in six weeks. The whole story will be, be done. He won't even make it to prison. The, the, the prison van will fall off the side of the cliff in a tragic accident. Ah, an unfortunate victim of circumstance. And then when somebody caught says, no, that was the FBI did that. Another conspiracy theory debunked. Have you ever heard in the, mirror, in the, in the media where they're like, hey, here's a conspiracy theory that turned out to be true? <laughs> Not one, huh? 
but every day. Debunked. Debunked. (laughs) Republicans won. Debunked. So down in the... Did I say everything I wanted to say? I don't even know where I was going with this. Started talking about this Mayor Adams thing. I just, this, you know, ignoring the court order. I don't know. I didn't get into the whole thing. So the show notes are there if you want to take a look at it. I can't believe that more isn't being done. Maybe they're paying them all. I don't know. This is nuts to me. Why is New York continue to push this vaccine garbage? I thought it was over, done with, behind us. The, you know, the, the pro-vaxxers are begging for more. No, let's just forget what happened. Article in the Atlantic. That was literally the headline. Can't we just move on? I don't forget what they did in the schools to my daughter, the decisions that were made. The very least, poor decision-making. Poorly informed. People were poorly informed. People aren't forgetting. I started to say with Obama. So they pull uh, you know Cracker Jack out of the box over here and pull his cord and send him out to get the people riled up. And the first thing is on MSNBC, gushing over him. How is this not in-kind donations when they won't even show a blip of Trump? I can't believe I'm the only one raising this question. It's ridiculous. Sue the media. Sue the living hell out of them for this. It's called in-kind donations. It's a campaign finance violation. Nobody cares. Nobody's going to pick it up. I'm saying it. I'm not even going to get outraged about it. But I'm watching this, and first of all, they're like, look how big the crowd is. They would never pan around to Trump's crowd. Trump was completely right. You know, they would just stand or they would zoom so that you wouldn't even know that there's anybody in front of the president. And you see the people behind him and that's it. With Obama, oh, they're panning all around and showing you all the happy faces. They're all singing Kumbaya. They get a heckler once in a while. I think they're all fake. I think they were fake at the uh, at the Trump rally too. Maybe he doesn't know. Maybe it's programmed. And hey, you're gonna have to. There's always a heckler. You got to deal with the heckler. Built into the program. It's good for the thing. It keeps things moving, right? It builds a little energy. But, sir, sir. All right, sir. Sit down. Sit down. No, Paul Pelosi was not having an extramarital affair with a man. It's been debunked. It's been debunked. Anyway. Uh, Obama arguing that he wants to pay, save people Social Security, I found laughable, by keeping taxes higher. The way we save Social Security, the way we build a brighter future is higher taxes. It's exactly what he was saying. He didn't say it like that, but those idiots in the room, raise my taxes. I, can't, I don't know how much longer I can take it. God, honest truth. I might have to move out of the doggone country myself. Not because of the politics, just because how doggone stupid people have gotten. Is it rude to say that? That's how I feel. What do you want me to tell you? Watching all, oh, yeah, raise taxes, keep my Social Security safe. You f- morons. Unbelievable. So there's Obama up there sweating. I'm like, and then he's angry. He's, he's, he looked like, um, who was that that Democrat? Um, what was that guy's name from Virginia or something like that? Remember that dude? Short guy? I forget his name now. And he had that, he went on that. <laughs> Obama, he's the, the look in his eyes and the sweaty armpits. Oh, I was like, man, he's a little fired up. I think his cash flows really come under jeopardy. You know, you look, first of all, Facebook is a mess, so that money's dried up. Amazon, as I also predicted, 
I said five years ago that in 10 years, Facebook would no longer be a thing. And I based that on two things. They're, uh, they're uh, unfair business practices, um, in my opinion, and the fact that their platform is easily replicated. There's really nothing special about it. I mean, at this point, you got Gab. you got more social media sites than you can count. It's actually a problem. Um, I don't think Elon's idea of charging, by the way, is a bad idea. It's basically the Gab model. Hey, you don't have to pay to be on it, but if you want to be a blue check certified user, um, you're going to pay a couple of bucks, and that's just the way it works. I'm not sure that you got to pay. Yeah, I guess you do have to pay for it. But anyway, Obama's lost his mojo. He didn't look good. He didn't sound good. There was a ton of comments on this YouTube video of this MSNBC clip I'm talking about. And, of course, they were all gushing. Oh, he should be able to run again. Oh, God. Shoot me. Could you imagine? How about Obama and Hillary as VP? I don't know that the country could take it. You know, this is the problem. It was just like going back to Carter. You know, these Democrats get elected. They run the country into the ground for four or eight years. And then the Republicans got to get in and race to do, you know, get things cleaned up a little bit. Just amazing, really. But Obama's got nothing. People aren't believing it. I think the election's already decided. Uh, there may be a fix in. We'll see. I know here in Pennsylvania, it's, it's going to be a lot harder this time around. But there's already shenanigans going on. Large number of duplicate ballots out there, erroneous ballots. Maybe I'll talk about it. I think I might have some stuff teed up on that. I don't know. I was doing a little research on it. It's unbelievable. Uh, I don't have the term in front of me. If you, if you search, um, you know, uh, misprinted ballots, let's see how many results come up all over the place. The whole system, it's just, it's a mess. It's absolutely being exploited. But here in Pennsylvania, the drop boxes are being watched like a hawk. And uh, I think the counting of the mail-in voting is going to be largely the same in the verification. There's already a lot of lawsuits teed up. Uh, the Republicans learned a lesson last time. They're not waiting. Filing the lawsuits now. I don't know who gave that advice in the past. It's ridiculous. And I don't know why anybody said yet. The problem was the judges didn't want to decide. It all got very political, and the judges, I think the judges were like, we're not going to decide. It was mostly liberal anyway. But I think they just couldn't. Like, all these votes are cast. We're not going to decide. I said this then. Judge isn't going to decide the election. It's not going to happen. Not on that kind of scale anyway. I don't think so. Not usually. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But I, I think that Obama's value has sunk into near zero. His support of Biden. I, look, nobody's getting behind this, even the Fetterman thing. You know, you're always going to have the sea otters in the crowd that are going to go along with it because it's liberal and it's progressive and we're not going backwards. What does that even mean when they say that? We're not going backwards. Why not? If we've tried a bunch of failed ideas and we know they're not working, why wouldn't we go back to what is working? Explain that to me. Why does anybody ever ask that? They want to take us backwards. Or maybe there's a few things we ought to dial back there, Honcho. Did you ever think of that? Like maybe your transgender nonsense. Just the, just some, one of those little things. The politicizing of everything. No, they, it's funny the game they play, but people are seeing through it. It's now affecting people in real ways. The cost of food, the cost of energy. People aren't happy. And they, they, you know, the whole deal was, oh, we're going to get rid of Trump, and then we're going to be happy. That was the deal. That was the contract. Right? That Biden was supposed to bring peace. 
they created the chaos, right? And they said, just just do away with Trump. Everything will be go back to happy schmappy. That was the deal. That's not what got delivered. That's why I think even people went like, all right, all right, they threw Trump out. All right, all right. They're not, you know, maybe, I don't know. People just accepted it. Right? But it's supposed to be, all right, at least now everything should be okay, right? When you go back to, quote, normal, none of that happened. If, if, if you want to call the, the time under Trump bizarre, which I wouldn't credit to him, at least not fully, what do you call this time? Depressing under Biden? You can't speak straight. Just, it's unbelievable the lies that he comes up with. He's like, uh, you know, there's inflation around the world because of the war in Iraq. I mean, uh, Ukraine. Okay, honest mistake. I got Iraq on my mind because my son Bo died in Iraq. He didn't. He died at Walter Reed Hospital. So Obama's is, or uh, Obama, O'Biden is just clueless. You got the White House press secretary that's a little parrot for, for Obama. She's not cutting it. Look, Peter, I, I've said it. You know, there's inflation around the world, and that is because of Mr. Putin's decision to invade Ukraine. And this idea that, that it's been caused somehow by this president's uh, efforts to reduce inflation um, just aren't going to be discussed. It's been debunked. Yeah. So nobody's buying. And at the end of the day, you know, even if you believe that nonsense, you say, okay, there, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme, you know, what, what, what is the solution here? What are we doing? Well, we're going we're gonna to release all the strategic oil reserve. We'll just let that flow so we've got no buffer in the event of an emergency, which we're clearly headed towards. And, um, yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out after the elections. Vote Democrat, and now all these problems go away. (laughs) The scorpion. The scorpion and the frog. Uh, Let me mention this a little bit. I I was mentioning a couple times now that the podcast is going to have to change at some point. I haven't heard any big outpouring. Usually this stirs some kind of response, but not this time. Um, I don't believe that you can really put political podcast out there the same way that you once could. Now, you could host it differently, and I've thought about all that. Um, But in these times, I think two things. I think, one, it has to be categorized and branded differently, uh, and two, presented differently, meaning you practically got to speak in parables, maybe sarcasm, but people don't really get sarcasm in terms of mainstream. But you can't, I mean, anymore, you really can't even talk about Obama. You know, the fact that I've said his name, they're going to pick up on that, and it's just going to get throttled down. Even when, nope, because, you know, it doesn't meet their three checks of liberalism or whatever it is, I mean, the podcast. So, anyway, uh, and I've also, and you've heard me talk about this since day one. I've never been fully committed to a news and politics podcast, and certainly not forever. Uh, I've always been torn on that. And um, I do it, I focus on it more as a sense of duty. The country's in a really rough spot, to say the least. And the people are losing their collective minds. I just try to help 
do my part to bring a little clarity to all that where I can. Help the cause, if you will. But, uh, you know, I think that, that there's going to come a time where it's just going to have to change. Uh, you know, you've heard me talk about, uh, you know, wanting to talk about success and habits and, and building a better lifestyle. I enjoy that a lot. And especially as I get older, I, I find a lot of meaning in it. You know, speaking to that uh, quiet quitting, for example, along those lines. And I enjoy that stuff. I, get, I feel a lot of uh, self-satisfaction from it. But I don't think I would want to give up talking about the state of things. I've learned too much. I know too much to just say, oh, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. It's just not going to go like that. But I think it's going to have to be presented differently. But anyway, I kind of, either way, I kind of like the idea of rebranding the podcast, Scorpion and the Frog. You know, it's just, I don't know. What do you think of that? Anybody have any feedback? Scorpion and the Frog podcast? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it doesn't have a nice ring to it. I just kind of like the tie-in. It's really what we talk about. Right? We're the frogs and we're dealing with scorpions. We're the people that are carrying the load on our back every day and have our whole lives. We're the people that had grandparents and parents and ourselves that had were expected to go out on our own and build our own life for ourselves and, and to do it on our own and to serve on top of it at the same time. These were the expectations. And you have people that want to flush it down the toilet they want to lower our standard. Well, it's a you know, multicultural, multi this, and a variety of stakeholders. What? Right? Here's another Obama quote. Say what? We don't change our standards, our culture. That's like that's like somebody coming to you. Say, say you are the peep type of people that take your shoes off when you go in your house. Okay? Which I respect. That would be like somebody coming to the door with their shoes on and you saying, oh, hold on, let me get my shoes on. Would you do that? It would be ridiculous. But yet as a country, not only that, expect to just leave the door open for whoever wants to come in. And then when they do and they have their shoes on, you're supposed to jump up and get your shoes on so that you don't embarrass them. And if you don't, you're racist. This is how we're running the country. Now, you know, Scorpion Obama would say to you, well, it's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison. To call, I don't agree with calling people scorpions or frogs, for that matter. Chris Scott might be over there hopping around all green-eyed. <laughs> I don't know what he would say. Let's have Obama come on for a debate. Come on, maybe I could line that up. The Scorpion and the Frog podcast. Just a guy with a podcast. There's another good title, a guy with a podcast. I like that. That's what the, the media labeled uh, Steve Bannon, just a guy with a podcast. He's still chirping. He's still kicking. You know, they said he was going to jail, and uh, he's appealing that, and we'll see what the whole thing is. Let me share this with you. There's a great article in The American Thinker. When your family mem- members cut off contact with you, and he makes the argument, he says, why, why can't you have an open mind? You know, people can have more than one way of, of seeing and thinking about things. Like, you know, why does that mean that we can't have a relationship or something like that? And I look at it a little bit differently. I'm finding it harder and harder to go along with people. Sometimes I have to bite my tongue and really suck it up. But these people that want to cram up pornography down the throats of our children, I can't go along with it. They're evil. There's more I can say. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. Hope to see you there. Make it a great day. 